0: Good morning, family, and welcome to the house of God, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, Well done, my love. Uh, If you don't know, that was Bernice's um, first offering talk at, at Rebirth. Um, I can hear she, she didn't sound like a first timer because she was speaking in the spirit um, so we thank God for that. Well done. It was nice to have my wife in church next, next to me <laughs> instead of at the back there. Um, let us pray. Father we come to you this morning with thankful and grateful hearts for a, another day. We thank you Lord for your breath in our lungs. We thank you, Lord, for your promises which remain true. Lord, we are breathing this day because you still have purpose for us. We are breathing today to hear from you, Holy Spirit, as you would direct us, direct our paths and cause us to bring about change on the earth. Lord, we are kingdom citizens and we are here as vessels according to your word, your small, still voice that speaks on the inside of us. Give us hearts to be obedient, Father, we pray. And even this morning, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word. What an honor. I thank you, Lord, and I just pray, oh Father, that you take the lead, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint my mouth of clay, that you would speak through me this morning. Father, we thank you and we welcome you into the service to continue doing what you're doing and continue just receiving all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So I want to just give give uh, thanks and honor to Pastor Bev and Zue who are down in Durban. We have a newly married member of the church. Uh, and we extend our congratulations to, Mrs, uh, to Mr. and Mrs. Grenville Green. They're still down in Durban. I think they'll be celebrating and going on, on honeymoon. And um, we just pray a special blessing um, over their marriage. and. Um, You know we declare and stand on the word that uh, that God says what God has put together no man shall put asunder and we pray and declare and decree that over their marriage in Jesus name so my title of my message this morning is on the poster that went out it says keep praying because my wife said people won't understand what it means if you say um, I get to pray. But I'll explain that. So for, 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 for the poster wise, keep praying. I'll say I get to pray and I'm going to further say the gift of prayer. Okay, the gift of prayer. I'm going to be a little bit selfish with this message. It's what, what God has laid in my heart for me personally, what God has been doing in, in, in my life with it. And when Pastor Bevan stood and spoke here last week, I looked at I thought, oh, is he about to preach the message that I've prepared? But that's how God works, eh? So, my message is where Pastor Bevan kind of stopped mine continues. <laughs> that's how God, God works, amen. So, 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Okay, so though you are subject to the the earthly principles going about life as we obey the laws that we have on earth, there is another war that is raging. When you come Pastor Bevan actually spoke about this, he says, When you give your life to Christ, there is a war that comes about. There is a war that comes about to grab your faith back from you okay so you need to be cognizant of this as a christian person i was having a conversation with somebody yesterday who is a believer and and we were talking about certain attacks that were coming and when i said to him but do you realize that what you are talking about right now is not just happening by the sake of consequence it's not just happening because life happens like that this is a spiritual attack you need to know who it is that you are actually fighting second corinthians 10 verse 4 says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty through god for the pulling down of strongholds what is a stronghold okay a stronghold is actually a a place Resilient place. That is it's hard to break through that place in the times of biblical times It was actually a place of safety that people would go to to hide from the enemy Now look how the enemy takes and distorts the things of God. He's actually created strongholds in our lives That we battle to break through Okay, now God says in his Word. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of those strongholds that we're talking about. So what this is saying is that when you are trying to fight against these strongholds in your life, on your own, in your own strength, it's a futile exercise because you are not doing this through Christ. How are you going to tear down strongholds of abuse? How are you going to tear down strongholds of unforgiveness? How are you going to tear down strongholds of of anger, of murder? How are you going to tear down strongholds of divorce if not through Christ? We can't do this in our own strength. It goes further down to say, in verse 5, casting down imaginations or arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We have a battle that is going on. Bernice just spoke about it now yeah, in, in the offering talk. There's a battle for your mind. If the enemy can take your mind, he can take your life. If the enemy can take your mind he can take your faith the word says it is impossible to please god without faith so the enemy is 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 going about like a roaring lion to steal your faith but how are we responding we are responding carnally in the flesh in my own idea of what it is that i can do God says I've given you weapons to fight against the enemy but they are not carnal they are through Christ how do we get to Christ prayer is a weapon prayer is a gift now think about this if prayer is a weapon prayer is a gift it is one of those gifts that are not carnal Like we just spoke about now Let's be real as a church. How important is prayer in our lives? How important is prayer in your life? Do we see prayer as a duty? I? have to pray Or do we see it as I get to pray? This is a gift from God to protect yourself What is the the, the, the mindset that you have towards prayer. We see it from the smallest churches to the mega churches. When we have functions, the church is full. Declare night of prayer. You've got a remnant. What does this say about what we are doing with prayer? God has given us a gift. We are treating it like, Why? Why do I need to do this? Ephesians 6, verses 13 to 18, where Paul lists the spiritual weapons, okay? And Pastor Bevan went through these. The helmet of salvation. These are all gifts, right? Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, shutting your feet with the gospel of peace, the shield of faith. And this is what Pastor Bevan spoke about last week was the... Sword of the Spirit, which is the word. Directly, now now everybody stops there. Even the, the, the pictures that you get will show you the full armor of God. And it stops there. It goes on further in the word to say, Praying at all times. But now, wait for it. It doesn't just say praying at all times. It says, praying at all times in the Spirit. Which means you can be praying out of the Spirit. Praying at all times in the Spirit through all prayer and supplication. Prayer is a gift. It is not a duty. It is not I have to. James 4 verses 3 says, You ask not, you receive not. Or it actually says, you ask because and do not receive because you pray amiss. So you actually are asking. You are not receiving. Why? You're praying amiss. You are praying amiss. Does not this feed into why we think prayer does not work? Does this not feed into why we're so disillusioned by prayer? It's like, I feel like I'm wasting my time. But the word is saying here, Yes, you are asking. Yes, you are praying. You are not receiving because you are asking amiss. We need to think about where we are. Prayer is a weapon. It's a gift. It's not a duty. I get to pray. And as we heard last week, you've got all those um, gifts, the armor, defensive weapons. The offensive weapon, word of thee, spirit and prayer how are you using your offensive weapons in your life i want to read you something this is from paul miller who's author of the book called a praying life now this when i read it i kept on nodding my head and saying this this is where we at this is where we are at And it starts with American culture, but you can um, substitute that for South Africa, for the world, in fact. It says, American culture is probably the hardest place in the world to learn to pray. We are so busy that when we slow down to pray, we find it uncomfortable. We prize accomplishments, production. But prayer is nothing but talking to God. It feels useless, as if we are wasting time. Every bone in our body scream, get to work. When we aren't working, we are used to being entertained. Television, the internet, video games, cell phones, make free time as busy as work. I'll put TikTok in there. When we do slow down, we slip into a stupor. Exhausted by the pace of life, we veg out in in front of our screens or with earplugs. If we try to be quiet, we are assaulted by what C.S. Lewis called the kingdom of noise. Everywhere we go, we hear background noise. If the noise isn't provided for us, we can bring it back to our own via our headphones. Even our church services can have that same restless energy. There is little space to be still before God. We want our money's worth. So something should always be happening. We are uncomfortable with silence. One of the subtlest hindrances to prayer is probably the most pervasive in the broader culture and in our ch- in our uh, churches we prize intellect competency and wealth because we can do life without God praying seems nice but unnecessary money can do what prayer does and it is quicker And less time-consuming Our trust in ourselves and in our talents make us structurally independent of God as a result Exhortations to pray don't stick So when I read this this was really my uncomfortable answer to why we have prayer meetings that are empty why we have churches that don't respond to prayer because our mindset number one is we don't see prayer as a weapon we don't see prayer as a gift and we are so self-sufficient we have everything that we need why do i need to ask Reminds you of God talking about uh, it is easier for, what was that? Easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because we are self-reliant. If I can do it myself, why should I make time to go and pray? It seems so futile. It seems like a waste of time. God is saying to us, I'm giving you the key to life. Yes, you have everything, but you could miss everything. Now, isn't this the biggest scam? Isn't this the biggest scam? Jesus himself, Satan went and tempted Jesus himself and said to him, Bow down before me and I will give you all of this. I will give you all of this. The the, the biggest scam is that we actually don't see that we've been offered day in and day out the same thing. The enemy has offered you and I, as individuals, the exact same thing. Bow down to me, and this is all yours. How's this the biggest scam? You work for everything you have, you build up everything you have on this earth, you pass away and leave it behind. Is that not the biggest scam ever? How can you walk blood sweat and tears for all of these things and not get to take it with you? How big a scam is that? I think about the people in, 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 in KZM. I think of the people in, um, what is the place that they're having war now? Ukraine. The saddest thing for me is if somebody has toiled their entire life Gotten to the end of it all and in the snap of a finger, it's gone It's gone now you have to say okay What does my life actually mean now? What does it mean? What is the legacy of my life if what I've toiled for can be taken away like this? But that is the physical that we can actually see because we can look at the Ukraine and say hey This is really what happened to them. We can look at KZN and say this is what happened to them But in reality, it's happening every single day people are passing away getting to to stand in front of Christ and You've left it all behind What has our purpose in life actually come to? You know King Solomon in Ecclesiastes went back and forth. This is the man who's been given everything that any man could want. He's also been given all the wisdom in the world. And he went back and forth. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean to have everything to toil like this? And he came back to, you know, it's all vanity. It means absolutely nothing if we don't have a fear and a reverence. Christ. If Christ's purpose is not prevailing in your life, it's vanity. You've wasted your entire life. So what is prayer and why do we pray? Deirdre um, prayed the Our Father this morning. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's recognition of God, reverence of God, acknowledging God in our lives. So, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Now remember, how can we talk about God's will being done when we're so self-sufficient once again? Where does that part come in? How do we have a reverence for God, leaning on God Totally immersed in God if we are so self-sufficient. We have no place for God. We have no place for prayer. We have no place for connecting with God because why must God's will be done when I can do it for myself? Why must God's will be done when, like, like that poor Miller said, it feels like I'm wasting my time. My bank account is there for me. My car is there for me. My wife is there for me. I am there for me. Why God? When do we actually find ourselves kneeling and crying in frustration and talking to God in times of crisis? When we've been moved to a place where we're like, Lord, I can't anymore. I can't do this. I'm crying out in frustration. God has said, I gave you that gift a while ago. I gave you the gift a while ago. A weapon of warfare. You've responded in the flesh with your bank account. You've tried to do it this way. You've tried to do it that way. God is saying, I am here for you. Don't fight these battles carnally. They are not flesh and carnal battles. They are spiritual attacks your faith do not respond in the flesh prayer is not a duty i get to pray i get to be led into god's kingdom god's character what is prayer not okay prayer is not magic prayer is not magic here's a definition for 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 magic rituals to manipulate natural or supernatural beings and forces for a desired outcome. Whose desire? Yours and mine. Our selfish desires works through magic. Trying to manipulate beings. We cannot manipulate an all-knowing and an all-powerful God. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is not a shopping list of selfish wants, Prayer is not giving God a list of instructions to follow It's not a way to get my way yes. It's not a tool to try and manipulate or control God. That's why we think prayer does not work We are praying on this God Why aren't you doing it this way? I don't understand why you are not doing it this way. This is the better way Prayer doesn't work. Why should I show up for prayer? God never does what I want him to do. We have not submitted and surrendered to God. Our lives will come to an end and mean nothing. We will fall prey to the biggest scam ever. Prayer is not begging, pleading, convincing, and it's not a means to twist God's arm. Burns read me something so beautiful the other day. I hope I remember it correctly. And it said prayer is a means to move the hand that moves the world. But remember prayer in the spirit. Praying according to God's will. uh, will. I said to Burns when she read that to me, I said, wow. We when we pray amiss are actually trying to arm wrestle the king of kings. We are trying to arm wrestle the lord of lords. And then we say, this thing doesn't work. How ludicrous is it? You and I, mere man, trying to wrestle the king of kings. Prayer is not moving God to your point of view. So, what did Jesus pray? everything needs to lead back to jesus amen what did jesus pray jesus prayed to god for his easy yoke a prayer of thankfulness and a prayer of revelation in matthew 11 verse 25 it says this at that time jesus answered and said i thank you father lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes, but of a bit of irony there, a bit of sarcasm there, because Jesus was actually saying at that point in time, the revelation of truth and of the Messiah has been revealed to these babes, these new followers of Christ, and not to the Jewish leaders who were seen to be all-knowing, all-powerful. God has used those that are foolish. Okay, so Jesus prayed prayer of thankfulness and revelation. Jesus prayed a, a prayer of plea and petition when he asked that the cup, if it be possible to pass from him. That was in uh, Matthew, Mark and Luke's accounts. For God's will to be done. Matthew 26 verse uh, 42. Think about this man, think about this. We, we complain about what we are going through in life and our hardships. Jesus at this point in time knowing what was coming, If this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. How selfish are our prayers of of cries and frustrations and and tearing in our beds when, when things are not working according to our will. Jesus knew what pain he was going to endure, what turmoil he was going to endure, what separation from the Father he would endure. But he said, if your will be done, What does your prayer sound like? What does my prayer sound like? Jesus prayed and said prayers of thankfulness for answered prayers. Father, I thank you that you have heard me before he went and raised Lazarus from the dead. Not praying amiss, praying in the spirit, knowing how God would move. He prayed for himself that he be glorified with God again Prayed for the disciples that they continue the work that he has put in them. And for all believers, you and I, that were to come. Jesus has already prayed for us. He prayed for mercy on others. Father, forgive them. They know not what they are doing. He prayed when he was in despair. Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And with his last breath, Jesus prayed a prayer of surrender. He prayed, he was still focused on God right to the very last. After crying out, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit, he breathed his last. Totally focused on the Father from beginning to end. Why are we disillusioned by prayer? And as I said earlier on, James 4 verse 3, you ask and do not receive because you are praying a mess. It goes on to say that you may spend it on your pleasures. Okay. So why are we disillusioned by prayer? I've put a couple of points here. Because we need the quick fixes that actually speak to what we want. And Not what God wants We are self-sufficient What we've spoken about we see prayer as a duty not as a gift we have succumbed to the weapons of mass distraction We do not recognize prayer as a weapon. We believe that our responses in the flesh Will yield tangible results. We have faith in ourselves We feel that we are not in control with prayer. We feel that we are not in control with God. We also do not feel connected to God. We are chasing emotions and chasing feelings. We want God to make us feel a certain way. Or prayer does not work. I came across a practical way to put what I'm talking about into practice. It's something that um, um, at a time where I was desperately trying to get the scripture in to me, I would would use this method. I never knew it was called the SOAP method. The SOAP method, S-O-A-P, washing and sanctifying you. S standing for scripture. Where you actually, and I used to do this where I would, on the little post-its, write scripture out slowly, Sometimes more than once or twice when you're doing that you are actually writing word for word That scripture is you are being intentional about studying the scripture, okay? O is for observation Going through the scripture looking at it thinking about okay. Why was this written? Who was this written to? What time was this written? Okay, what's the purpose of the scripture? a stands for application. How can I apply to my life what the scripture is about? How can I apply this in my own life? And then P, seal it all with prayer. Prayer is a gift. I get to pray. I get to pray. Seal it with prayer because you're praying about the revelation through the scripture you are repenting as the scripture is revealing to you showing the mirror up to you as to what it is needs what it is that needs to change in your life in daniel 10 it says that daniel had set his heart to understanding and humbled himself before god and prayed and an angel was dispatched are we, are we setting our hearts to understanding where our hearts are open? And what I mean by understanding hearts are open, where you are open to God's will, positive or negative. Okay? You totally trusting, you and I totally trusting in God's answer. Okay? Angels were dispatched to Daniel. Matthew 18, verses 2. And I'm about to close with this. When the disciples asked Jesus who is the greatest in heaven who's the greatest in heaven and Jesus replied to them unless you are converted and become like a little child you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven unless you are converted and become like a little child humble like a little child, humbled in prayer. Daniel, like I said just now, humbled himself in prayer. Jesus is saying, humble yourself. Do not become self-reliant because that only gets you as far as it can here on earth. What are we building for eternity? What are we building for eternity? You know, when when I think about strongholds, and I think about the footholds that we give to the enemy and all those different footholds that we spoke about, we, we think about where our world is, we think about where our country is, we think about where our community is. But I wanna bring it close to home and I wanna say, think about where you and I are. We cannot change the world if, we, if our hearts on the inside have not changed. If we do not see God for who God is, if we do not have reverence for who God is, how can we change the world? I think that's what God also means when he says our good works are filthy rags. How are you trying to change the world through your good works when you don't have the Father on the inside of you? It's futile. Second Chronicles 7 verses 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. There's that word humble again. There's that word prayer again. God has told us over and over and over what the formula for life on earth And riches in his kingdom. We are only focused on riches on earth. We are falling for the biggest scam ever. Humble yourself and pray and seek his face. If you seek my face first, my righteousness, my kingdom, all these other things will be added. Everything everything. These are the promises of God. Prayer is a weapon. Prayer is a gift. We get to pray. We don't have to pray. God has given you a gift. How are you using it, family? That is my challenge to you today, my challenge to me today. The enemy will say to you, man, you have too much to do. Why would you want to go and join people for prayer when you've got A, B, C, D, E, F, all the way to Z waiting? Tomorrow is promised to no man. Tomorrow is promised to no man. Everything that you have to do is not more important than connecting with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords for building up your riches in heaven and in the kingdom to come. Amen. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Each and every one in this place. And I don't know nobody looking around just take time to look inside of your own heart. And I hope that I don't hope I know that this word will continue to resonate A seed has been dropped in all of our spirits with regards to prayer and where we are in terms of taking stock of our own lives with our Lord and with our Savior. And if there's anybody here this morning, I don't know if, if you've surrendered your life, if there's anybody here this morning who needs to say, God, I'm tired of being self-sufficient. I'm tired of being or relying on myself. I'm tired of building, building, building on earth and it's constantly broken down. If you are in that place where you recognize Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior and you just want to ensure that the riches that you build are not only riches that are left behind. If you are that person, and if this is ministered to you, you can put your hand up and we'll pray together and we'll take it from there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness this morning. Lord, we recognize That Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary shed his blood so that we might be saved so that we might live eternally so that we are not disconnected from the Father this morning we confess you as Lord and Savior we believe in you we believe that you died that you were crucified but we believe that you were raised on the third day that you are seated on the throne ever interceding on our behalf we thank you lord this morning we commit our lives to you and we ask father that you continue to do a work in our lives father for for your purpose for your will, for for increasing of your kingdom we thank you this morning lord that we can be used as vessels vessels for you we submit to you this morning lord Father, we confess that we are sinners, we confess that we have been disobedient, we confess that we've done things our own way. We are not deserving of the grace and mercy, but we thank you, Lord, that through your love, you've made a way for us. Father, we bless you, and we just recommit our lives to you this morning. And we pray that you look upon us, Lord, turn your face towards us, and forgive us of our sins, heal us individually and heal our land this we pray in the mighty